This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Well, thank you for staying with us in the last hour of the Thursday edition of Power Talk. As we come to you live from Eteguini, the Olive Convention Center, where the plan has been unveiled, discussed, and it is now all hands on deck, all boots on ground to present a post-school education and training system. And as we heard the Director General of the Department of Higher Education telling us is that it's good to plan because to plan to fail uh, or to fail to plan is to plan to fail. And with the seventh administration coming next year, it's very good to have a coordinated, uh, condensed program for post-school education. And that involves university education, TVET colleges, even community colleges, and making sure that young (coughs) South Africans ready to learn further, expand their skills, can find places where they can go to improve on the quality of those skills. So let's just get a little bit more elaboration on why we're here. And we are with the Honorable Minister himself, Dr. Bonginkosi Emmanuel Blade Nsimande the Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. And Minister, I just want to start off offsides. You know, just before the news, I said something to our listeners. Yes. You know, in South Africa, I think we're very playful as people. And it starts off with nicknaming people, which is nice. You know, but I think it creates a familiarity. So when we call uh, President Ramaphosa Ramza instead of the president, then we're not holding him accountable as a president because every time we say the word president, we're reminding him. These are expectations. When we talk to the Minister of Electricity and we keep referring to him as Spoodler, soccer player, dancer, we're reminding him that mm -mm, your job here is principally to create electricity for us. And I'm saying to people, no, let's get serious. Let's get real. A president is a president. A minister of electricity is a minister of electricity. And the same goes for a minister of higher education. So, Dr. Bongosi Manuel, we thank Mm. the Lord. How do we get to Blade? (laughs) <laughs> no, played, I got it at high school. My first year at high school, actually, which was 1971. Eh? Mm-hmm. I wasn't That's alive. ages ago, yeah. I wasn't and, alive. Uh, it, it arose out of a very particular set of circumstances. Yeah. Very briefly, I had an appendix operation. <clears throat> And it had become very bad, my appendix, and uh, I had to stay away from school for two weeks. And those of those two weeks, the one week was the last week of the syllabus for the first half of the year. Right. And the other one week was for revision. Right. I wasn't part of both those things. Then I came to write the exam, basically. And I became number one in class. Having not been there. Having not been there for the two weeks, for the last part of the syllabus and for the revision. So a friend of mine, unfortunately, passed away recently, you know. Says, yeah, you were away, you were sick, you come back, you beat us all. So as sharp as a razor blade, I'm going to call you blade from today. I see. That's where it cut. But it also coincided with a very popular, what do you call the spaghetti western movies mm. at that time, 
called Kill Them All and Come Back Alone. We loved Western. I still love Western movies. Even now, when I got time with my tablet, I go to old ones. Including Clint Eastwood and all those. I'm a cowboy. At that time, there was this very popular movie which had six characters. These six characters were being mobilized by this one person to go and get money somewhere. But then saying, kill them all after getting the money and you come back alone. Alone. Because those are violence and so on. So there was a character called Blade there as well, Ah. who was a knife wielder. So the name Blade was also... In pop culture at the time. In pop culture at the time, in the township, you know. But for me, it was because of my performance in class. I came number one in June 1971. I was in Form 1C. I wasn't at school for the last two weeks. So I was bright those days, let me admit, not anymore. So bright Blade... (laughs) There we go. That's what it stands for. It's not a knife wielder, you know? It's that one who comes back and comes back alone yeah, to be number one. Story. Okay, I understand. I didn't know that story. Let's talk about the plan. Because I think one of the things I heard today is we have consolidated theory. It's time for implementation. And we need to make sure that it's all systems go, hit the ground running. Post-2024 election. So what's going to be done about the implementation side of the plan? Well, first of all, one of the biggest things uh, which is part of the plan that we have to do is to really lay a foundation for reshaping just the shape and size of the post-school education and training system. It's totally lopsided. Right. You know? We have got more university spaces than college spaces. In terms of the national development plan, you need four TVET college students per one university student. Wow, okay. That's what the national development plan commences to. Understandably so, uh, Lerato. Without taking too much of your time, let me also say this. Statistics at the moment tell us, I might have told you already this before, that out of a hundred learners who start grade one, only six reach university. Yes. No, you've never told us this. Yes, only six reach university. And out of the six, only two finish university on record time. The other four, they don't finish it on record time. Now, the question then is, where do the 94 Go. go to? That's your... Unemployed youth sitting at home, as we call them, which is not a nice word. Yeah. Uh, they're into drugs, they're into alcohol, gender-based violence, crime. They are full in prisons. The size of our system, in other words, our, our, our university system is the biggest, but it's only catering for six kids who start grade yeah. one. They are not the other 94. So one of the things then we are going to do as part of implementing this plan is to say, of the seven years that are left of the National Development Plan by 2030, what is it that needs to be done in order to begin to increase the system? It's unfortunate because our economy is doing badly. The fiscus mm-hmm. is under huge stress, but nevertheless, the seventh administration must know this is what is going to take us 
to actually achieve what is in the, in the National right. Development Plan. Unfortunately, I have an unfunded mandate. The National Development Plan on Higher Education doesn't fund me. I don't have money to be funded. But nevertheless, we don't want the seventh administration to come and say, but how do we do this? Even if we don't have money, how do we actually do this? Mm. So we need to hugely expand the college sector. Mm. Both your TVET colleges and your community colleges, by the way, because also community colleges, mm. they are catering for all those who never finished school and those who never went to school. For, that's why, by the way, I call my department is a department for both those who have passed and for those who have failed. Yeah. Because when Minister Matsaka announces metric results and the pass rate, I congratulate her, which is good because I'm waiting to take those mm. students into university and colleges. But my other eye is looking at those that mm. have not made it. What your DG said to us, just to that la last point, is we also need a mindset shift in South Africa. Yes which is this idea that only the best people go to university, putting many people under pressure to make it into the university system. Because that, that field of research-intense learning is not for everyone. Somebody no. has an engineering brain, no. but they don't want to sit in an engineering class. They want to fiddle around with models. And that's what happens at TVET colleges, but you're forcing that young person to go to university. And so we need to also fix our minds around what TVET colleges represent. I agree. And parents also have a, a huge responsibility to play. Don't force your child to do what he or she may not be inclined to do. I can make an example with my, son, my youngest son, my last one. He's a pilot. I mean, to get him to do homework at metric was like you want to move the whole house from this point to that point. He hated it. He was clear he wants to be a pilot. He doesn't want to go to university. All he wanted, even the toys we bought him were about flying. But when he went to... Flight school. Flight school. 3 a.m. he was still awake, studying his books. The complete opposite of what he was in metric. So it's important that if a child wants to be an electrician or a plumber, mm. we must encourage them. That's why we are opening. I'm saying we must open. the. But we do need a change in the mindset. You're absolutely right. Mm. Because in South Africa, it's like if you are, you are to be called educated, you must do an academic metric <coughs> and go to university. Mm. By the way, an academic metric simply excludes millions of youngsters, mm. you know, because not everyone as an academic metric. Now, here is the other trick, Lerato. Well, another, another issue that needs to be looked into. My own view, assessment now as minister, is that possibly slightly more than half of the kids who started university in South Africa shouldn't have started at university. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean if you start at a college, you won't later go to university. Go to university. My son that I'm talking to you about, he has decided to register for psychology at UNISA on his own. Because he now begins to say, in the job that I'm in, here is the kind of knowledge that I'm in. That is now beginning to to identify that through practical experience, you know, that in fact even if also if I want to rise, here is what I actually need to do. So I agree entirely. We, yeah. we need a mindset and, and, and shift. Just, and although I don't know your son, but as you say, he wanted to be a pilot. 
Well, you need very strong mathematics to fly. You need, because you're working on the simulators, you need a very strong navigation science. So he might not be doing experiments in the lab, that level of science. But science, in terms of physics to fly a machine, is what he wants to do. And so going to flight school doesn't mean he wouldn't have done well in engineering. Absolutely. It just means he's not interested, he's not in, interested. That, in that aspect he's of it. He's not interested in that aspect of it. He's more interested, if you like, into applied fields, you know, that he's going to use. Like an artisan. Yeah. An artisan does need, by the way, some Rats. mathematics. Yeah. Yes, because you have to do technical yeah. uh, drawing, we have got to do technical calculations, you know, and mm -hmm. so on. So you do need uh, mathematics. That's one of the problems we have with our Tibet College is that we are rejecting a lot of our kids because they don't have maths. They don't have a certain minimum standard of mathematics, which is a, the single challenge right. we face. This statistic you've just referred to, for me, it's quite revealing. A hundred yes. learners at grade one, only six are going to finish in matric. <laughs> And so I'm asking myself... I'm going to go to university. I'm going to go to university, sorry. Yes. Uh, so, so the others will write matric, but only six yes. are going to go to university. And so the question I'm asking myself is, your interventions, do they not come too late in the day? Yes. You, at, at one level, yes, you are right. You need to have a... Now, because of the demand, by the way. All right. So as we wrap up our conversation, um, aligning all of these with the National Development Plan, implementation mm. for next uh, administrative cycle, and all the stakeholders mm. who are here from the various aspects of the education system. How are you getting everybody to work in tandem, pursuing one common vision? Well, part of this gathering is precisely aimed at that. Let's come and launch this together, and all of you having reflected who goes where. But also the way you fund the system is the trick, actually. I always complain to, to universities, you, you're not relating to Tivet colleges. You, you cause cul-de-sac. You go to a Tivet child, then the university says, we can't take you. You need to resource in a particular way to incentivize and punish, by the way. Those who do not do that are not going to be. Even the issue of cooperation. If I say, it, I've managed to get the seaters, by the way, to work with Tibet colleges. It was not always the case when the, the, the sector training college. Yes, they now are working because I'm saying, why do we only fund training trainers who are private service providers, even where you can be able to support the training of our young people through Tibet colleges? Mm. Also, Tibet colleges, they were only looking at occupational certificate programs. I'm trying to say to them, also look at short courses, because some employers may just need to send someone for three months right. or for six months to go and do this particular six course. Months. As a Tivet college, you must be right. able to. And my final question to you is, you know, they say that <coughs> the wealthiest countries today, the countries that have invested in a lot of R&D innovation today, um, 
and the countries that are basically game changers are the ones that have developed their human capital. In a South African context, what does it mean to develop your human capital and how important an intervention is that for, it's for very the future important. of this economy? <coughs> it's very important. That's why we have the Human Resources Development Council whose focus is development of human resources. It's deliberately led by the Deputy President. Someone at that senior level also is going to whip some of the ministers who participate here. Mm. But it's, it's business, is, is, is government, is universities, is colleges, is other experts who all come under one roof and meet quarterly to map out priorities and see what needs to be done where. That is one important area of trying to coordinate ourselves as a country. It's very important. And it is the game changer for a country like Singapore, for South Korea, yes. <coughs> and even Australia. Develop the people, you develop the nation. Yeah. We also, by the way, I'm, 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 I don't know whether the DG told you, we are developing a master skills plan for the country under the slogan, one country, one plan. So that we know exactly where the skills are, we have that yeah. that are short, and how do we able to produce yeah. them for all the sectors of yeah. the economy? No, he told us about that uh, skills plan and the audit. We don't want to take up any more of your time. We thank you very much for coming through, Dr. Blade and Zimande, and for all of you who've often wondered why Blade, because intellectually he cuts <laughs> like a razor blade. It's time for the news. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.